0: Before we start this episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors. If you're studying for the Foreign Service Officer Test like
1: us, we have a great study tool for you.
0: Besides listening to our podcast, we also use FSO Compass.
1: On FSO Compass, you can find practice tests for every section, comprehensive courses that guide you through the entire application process, And you can even
0: connect with other aspiring U.S. diplomats. The resources have really helped us prepare, and we hope they help you too. To access FSO Compass and get 10% off your annual subscription, be sure to use the link in our description box. Good luck! Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries? Or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily wherever you cast your pod.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of How Did We Not Know That. I'm Nat. I'm Jack. And today Jack is going to tell us about some cool event in history, I have no idea what it is yet.
0: Oh, I didn't tell you. I'm going to cover the apartheid in South Africa.
1: you actually did tell me
0: oh yeah yeah. i'm excited for this one this is like a very i don't know it's like a special episode i just the last country i traveled to was south africa so it's still Mm. fresh just like seeing the huge difference in class but okay what is apartheid now do you know what apartheid is can you explain it to everyone yeah
1: isn't it basically like so south africa it was like divided up and there were places where black people could live, and then be people places where, like, white people could live, and then it's, like, also almost like a caste system, or, like, people of, like, if you're white versus a person of color, like, you would qualify for different jobs, so, like, if you're a person of color, like, you wouldn't be able to do certain jobs, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And also, didn't, didn't, well, like, when you were talking about your time in South Africa, weren't you also saying that, like, there's another class of like colored people who are like half white
0: and half black, and that's like a whole
1: other separation. Yeah,
0: no, literally. I think, so, I feel like we talked about apartheid already together as friends. So, like, yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, apartheid was a system of institutionalized racial segregation. That existed in South Africa from 1948 until the early 1990s, so it didn't end till like, 1994 officially, which is really, really recent to have racial segregation. Yeah. So apartheid is an Afrikaans word that means separateness. And Afrikaans is a language that's spoken in South Africa, and it comes from the Dutch colonizers. So we're going to go back into some South African history to have, like, a better understanding, because some people still, when you hear South Africa, they think it's, oh, it's, like, Africa, right? So everyone's black. And then if you meet a a white South African, you're like, what? You're from Africa? So the Portuguese were the first of the Europeans to start kidnapping and selling Africans into slavery. In 1488, the Portuguese get to South Africa, but the local tribes and different groups of people in South Africa actually killed all of them. Oh. Yeah, so they had already, they arrived in like 1500, 15th century, so 1400s to enslave South Africans, which when I say South Africans, I am talking about the uh, all of the different groups. There's like Zulus and, oh, can I do the click? It's like Mosas. Oh, impressive. So there's like different, yeah. <laughs> there's just like a bunch of different tribes. So I'm just referring to that, but yeah, they like killed all the Portuguese. Over 150 years later, the Dutch arrive to South Africa and then they open up a Dutch East Indian company port in Cape Town in 1652 Mm. so that's when the Dutch arrive and when the Dutch arrive technology has like grown for the Europeans so they're a lot better at the slavery thing and they start the slave trade as well however they start importing slaves from East Africa so I'm there's of course like a collection of slaves also in South African region but a lot of the slaves which I discovered Mm. too when I was like touring the museums They imported them from, like, Madagascar and the East Indies. um, So, like, Southeast Asia, Malaysia, Indonesian area. And, okay, I just put in a fun fact, but, like, the Dutch colonized Indonesia, if anyone didn't know. And then the English colonized... Malaysia, but Malay is like an ethnic group. So when I say Malay, it's not just people from Malaysia, it's people from that Southeast Asian region. Slavery ends in 1834 with the Slavery Abolition Act in 1833 from the British Parliament banning slaves. South Africa was colonized mainly by the Dutch, but actually the English too in partnership. So for a long part of history, the Dutch and the English were like fighting over control of South Africa. And in 1833, Mm. it just happened to be that they were under English rule. And when that was outlawed in, like, the United Kingdom or in England, um, all British Mm -hmm. territories, like, banned slavery. So that's when it got banned in South Africa as well. So although slavery ends, there's now this minority group of white colonizers and a black majority. So then we start to enter Mm. the time of the white minority seizing control over all of it and figuring out a way to stay in power.
1: Yeah, cuz like they're like okay, slavery's over, but they're not going to be like all right, have your own like democratic government and like yeah, you guys should run for office and
0: you know. Yeah, I don't think they're going to give up control. Right, exactly. They're not like, yeah, let's all live together now. Like, that's not what yeah, it's I mean, about. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So, in 1834 to 1948, I'm just going to give some brief history, because 1948 is when we officially start apartheid. So, the events leading up to it, during that time... Um, there's a lot of discovery of natural resources. They discover diamonds and gold, which makes the land more enticing, like that South Africa more enticing Mm. for control. So during this time, white South Africans were forming political groups Mm. only for white people, and they're seizing control of the resources and the wealth is like getting concentrated just for white people so during this time there are also activist groups that are formed by black south africans to protest and in 1914 laws outlawing blacks from owning or occupying land unless under the command of a white master was ran by the National Party, which was a political group run obviously exclusively by white people. So that was a policy that they made it illegal for you to own land, which as you may or may not know is like the way to build wealth is to own property because then you can farm the land and then you have products to trade. So that's a a pretty bad law. It's like very insidious to keep the black community poor. Yeah. So yeah, before apartheid officially starts, there's already segregation between white and black people in South Africa, and that's really visible in urban areas. Mm. So one of the political parties known as the National Party, who were responsible for that 1914 law, excluding anyone who's not white basically from owning property, the National Party is a pro-Afrikaner, which is the white Dutch south african and they came to power with the ideology of apartheid because governments run by white people and they're like hey let's like separate ourselves (laughs) through a system of laws and then the white other white people were like yeah that's a good idea and that's how they came to power so segregation is already a thing like we said but apartheid is this really authoritarian and rigorous approach to enforcing the segregation so Like, think of American segregation, how bad that was before the Mm -hmm. Civil Rights Movement. It's, like, that on steroids. Like, it's really, really bad. This is a really important idea to grasp is that it's actually, it's, like, racist, first off. Like, um, no question. But it's also economically motivated because now that slavery is illegal how do you get cheap labor to mine all the gold and the diamonds that they found so they have to keep people poor so they can use them as cheap labor so you separate them into specific groups and specific groups can only work certain jobs yeah so the black opposition politics however are forming most notably the african national congress which started a youth league in 1943 to start fostering the leadership of young black people like Oliver Tambo, Walter Suzulu, and Nelson Mandela. So now we're just going to talk about what's apartheid like. Like, how bad is it? What did they do? Yeah. Okay, so the government made people carry IDs or passbooks. They're, like, actually called passbooks. And they tell you what race you are. And it's purely based on appearance. So the classifications that they had were white, black and then another group called colored because this colored group is a special black and white mix that emerges um through just like not even marriage that was out but like just like having children and like intermixing yeah colored people like, emerge and also indians and malays are also under the colored uh. um, group so if you're not clearly white you're not clearly black you're like shoved into color like just miscellaneous <laughs> like mm-hmm. exactly and you know some people when they're mixed it's not always clear like what they are mm-hmm. some people look more one side than the other it's not always super clear to tell so they created like fake science tests to determine if you weren't european if you looked like you could be mixed so do you have a guess like what how they would test that maybe oh my gosh oh Well I know like oh my gosh I think like around this time period I'm like
1: thinking of like social Darwinism when they were so focused on like anatomy and like skull shapes but I don't know how you would like test that on like a living person. Yeah like
0: measure your skull. Yeah I'm sure something ridiculous like. Yeah okay so it's called the pencil test. So they would put a pencil in a person's hair and if it fell out. Then you passed the test and you were considered white, but if it stayed in your hair, then you were considered color. What the heck? Yeah, so they did it based on, like, your hair texture. That's ridiculous. Isn't that wild? I was
1: like... Oh my god, and, like, this stupid, like... It's just, like, so silly, and, like, I don't know. First of all, I can't imagine, like, you're in, like, some uh, important, like, government office, and then they, like, just come up to you with, like, a little, like... Oh my gosh, like a little yellow pencil. But then, like, the <laughs> fact that, like, that determines your class in society, which has, like, obviously, like, that affects the whole rest of your life, and then, like, your children's lives, you know, that, like, has a generational effect, and it's all based on, like, if a pencil stays in your hair. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> well, okay, you probably gonna get into this next, but, like, what's the difference between colored and black, like, in terms of what they can and can't do.
0: Yeah, I'll get into that. But basically, the other things that they did in apartheid. So once they figured out what group you were in, that was marked on your passbook. And then everyone who was non white had a curfew. So if you're colored, and if you're black, there's a certain amount of time you're allowed to be outside. And then after a certain time, you you're not allowed to be outside anymore. And it's, like, by your past And if they saw you outside, past your curfew, you would be jailed or fined. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had never heard of that. Yeah, it's... That's insane. It's... That's what I'm saying. It's, like, it's segregation on steroids. Like, it's... They're yeah. controlling literally, like, all... Everything. Every So, um... Also, to the passbooks, right? If you're not white, you need to always have your passbook on you because the police are allowed to do, like, mm. a raid on you and, like, a search at any time they want. Like, they can bust down your door and ask for your passbooks, and if you don't have it, again, you could be Jeez. jailed or fined. Yeah. And it's only for non-white people, so coloreds and blacks. Like, if you're white, you don't have to worry about any of this. Yeah. So. Jesus. Yeah. And then officially interracial marriage is illegal but also interracial sex okay well I guess I'm young so like I guess at the time it was like you can't have sex if you're not married
1: yeah but yeah yeah, yeah, interracial
0: sex and marriage is illegal, and that's just between whites and non-whites. There are segregated beaches, (sighs) segregated mountains, segregated benches, bathrooms, water, faucets, everything. Like, you're not allowed to go to this beach, it's only for white people, you can't go to that mountain, it's only for colored people. Also, in schools, segregated of course, the non-white majority only got a fraction of the funding as the white schools. Yeah. Okay, now this is the worst part of apartheid though. There were forced removals. So the government forcibly removed people from their homes and made them live in specific areas. The reason why this is the worst thing is because this will push you into poverty. They designate different areas. White people can live here. Colored people can live here. Black people can live here. Black people have to go move to an area called the homelands. So the government forcibly removes them, pushes them to the homelands. It's more than 3.5 million people. And the homelands, were located in areas that didn't have any jobs or resources, and there's very little water in those areas, or it was polluted. Kind of like we did to the Native Americans. That's what I was thinking when you were describing that, like current day, like present day, like
1: reservations. So many issues with like access to water and like electricity and basic
0: utilities and like uh, food sources. And yeah, when you're pushed into poverty like that, it means that you now have no choice but to work as cheap labor. The only jobs yeah. available are mining the gold and diamonds for the white mo- minority. So that's what you have to do now. Yeah. So that's where they live. The coloreds get moved to slum areas. The goal is basically of all this forced removal is to make sure that 4 million whites in South Africa had all the jobs, wealth, resources, and mines in their hands. So now on a more positive note, like what did people do to oppose that? Like that's horrible. So like how, how are you gonna fight up against that? Throughout apartheid, they got organized politically. So we see the formation of the South African, Indian Congress, Colored People's Congress, and African National Congress like we talked about earlier, that was the group Nelson Mandela was in. And resistance to apartheid came in the form of mostly nonviolent protests, but protesters would be shot at and beaten up for protesting by the police. The white government was like killing people who were protesting. A big example of that is in 1952, there was something known as the defiance campaign So it was the first large-scale, multiracial political mobilization against apartheid laws. The idea was, let's break the apartheid rules to get arrested and then overwhelm the criminal justice system.
1: Wow.
0: That's a really interesting approach. Yeah, it's really interesting, but unfortunately it did not work. It just ended up being that, like, yeah, a lot of people were in jail now. In 1960, they did the passbooks protest, which was like burning your passbook or not carrying it and mm. then offering yourself up to the police for arrest. And that led to the Sharpville massacre where police opened fire and killed 69 unarmed protesters as well as wounding 300 more protesters. At first they were telling people that, like the protesters were like throwing rocks, police felt threatened, but actually when you do yeah. like a biopsy of the bodies, they found that the gunshots were like in their backs. So it's like even when they were running away, they weren't seizing fire. Why did this all sounds really, like, way too familiar, like... Yeah. Okay, so then there's, we have, like, a famous trial, like a court trial, and they're called the Ravonia Trials, and that starts to draw national attention. So with the the defiance campaign, the white people are like, who's leading them? Like, who do we need to arrest to get control again? Mm -hmm. So in the Rivonia trials, the trials accused various anti-apartheid leaders for treason and sabotage. And these trials are what led to the sentencing of Nelson Mandela to prison for 27 Uh, years. Gosh, that's right. Yeah. (gasps) 27 years.
1: Did he actually end up, how, oh, I guess you'll probably get into it, but, like, how long was he in prison for?
0: 27. 27 years. He filled,
1: he did this full sentence? No, he was
0: supposed to be there till death. Oh, oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And he served 27 years. Like, he was supposed Uh, to rot in jail.
1: I can't, oh, my gosh. Okay, now, okay holy moly yeah so like it's bad it's like i would still
0: have five more years like left in prison (gasps) yeah that's a horrifying thought literally and it's not even it's not just like nelson mandela like all these anti-apartheid activists yeah all right so he's in jail but the world starts to notice that something's happening in south africa like there's protests and stuff they're like what's up so the rest of the world is like it, like, what the heck? It's, like, 1990s. Like, what? <laughs> how is it still segregated? What the heck's going on in South Africa? Right. All the other countries put economic sanctions on mm. South Africa. So other countries around the world refuse to do trade until they end apartheid. And there's a divestment of companies from South Africa. So there's a huge global movement to boycott South Africa until they end apartheid. Wow. And then... That must be insane,
1: too, because, like, the original motivations for everything, like, obviously people are just racist and awful, but, like, it's an economic uh, venture, and so what? as soon as it's not... I don't know, as soon as, uh, like, the economy starts hurting and there's, like, economic consequences, and that's when they're like, okay, uh, I guess, like, we'll have to rethink some of this. Yeah, now.
0: if you had a South African passport, you're not allowed to enter other countries, and one of my, I have an auntie in South Africa, I refer her to that, we're not actually related, but... She like studied abroad in my high school. And of course, if you studied abroad in my high school way back in the day, you were a, a white South African because only white South Africans could do that. But anyway, she was telling me, because she was like a young girl, like teenager-ish when the world's starting to put sanctions on them. And she told me that she was traveling with her family. They were yachting. Hmm. Like, the fact that your family owns a yacht. (laughs) Hmm. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, they were traveling the world on their boat. And um, they, they, like, arrived in South America and they wouldn't let her in. Like, they wouldn't let them in because they were South African. Okay, it's funny because she was, like, you have to remember, she is, like, old grew up in apartheid white South African like you have to remember to her she grew up on that mindset so it's hard for her yeah not saying that like oh we should sympathize it's hard for her but like this you have to remember like she has that bias so yeah and like the whole country was thinking that way you know like exactly she's explaining to me that like they wouldn't let her in I think she wanted me to react like oh my god that's horrible like they wouldn't let you into the country because of your nationality yeah like poor you like what was apartheid was a yeah time. oh you you face discrimination oh like, like so. Oh. <laughs> wow. so amid the growing domestic and international pressure with the fears of a racial civil war because it was gonna come in 1991 the government of president f w d clerk who was a part of the national party which is the people who started Apartheid, he was like, Mm. we gotta do something. So he starts the initiative initiative to begin to repeal most of the legislation that provided the basis of Apartheid. Part of that, like, taking the step forward, was releasing Nelson Mandela from prison. So he gets released in 1990 at the age of 71. Yeah. And they start negotiating uh, between Nelson Mandela and... So Nelson Mandela still leads, like, the ANC, right? Like, the African National Congress, which is, like, the black congressional party Mm -hmm. that was fighting for rights that they weren't, like, really in the government yet, but they were still, like, an organization. So they start to negotiate between the National Party and the African National Congress are negotiating. And slowly apartheid begins to end. Mm -hmm. So on April 27th, 1994... South Africa holds its first multiracial election with full enfranchisement. So that means everyone has the right to vote oh because this might not have been clear earlier, but yeah, they definitely did not have the right to vote. Like the government was whites only, so no one could vote. It's just white people. But now, yeah. so now everyone <laughs> can vote in South Africa, Whoa. which is huge. Vote 2020
1: if you haven't. Yeah, don't forget to vote. Oh my gosh. Well, also, okay, I will... Because the white whites in South Africa are the minority, too. So as soon as this election happens and everyone can vote... Yeah, that's yeah. why you didn't have the right to vote, because there's yeah. no
0: way they'd win if everyone could vote.
1: Yeah, of course. So,
0: yeah, and off, it's not bipartisan either in South Africa. There's a lot of different congressional parties now that are up for election. Mm. And the African National Congress Party wins the election with 62% of the votes... So that's like huge because there were several different congressional parties too. Wow. And that's, yeah, 62% is a lot more. Wow. Yeah. And Nelson Mandela becomes president. Yay. Oh, I'm like getting chills. Mm-hmm. Ah. So in May 1996, the new South African constitution is made, and this protects the rights of people inside the country, it explains their obligations. And it defines the institutions of South Africa, what their powers are, and how they may use their powers, putting some checks and balances in on the government. Yeah. And President de Klerk and activist Nelson Mandela later win the Nobel Peace Prize for their work creating a new constitution for South Africa. Wow. Oh,
1: that's incredible. See, yeah, like like we talked about in the our episode on the Middle East and the Arab Spring, like the importance of institutions when it comes to like changes in government and like changes in constitution like the fact that the ANC despite everything like holding them back and oppressing them they were still able to like establish this really strong or like uh yeah a strong political group even if they didn't have power in the government yet like they still were like a strong organization and then like because of that they're able to successfully put together this like new constitution you know so that's it's just really really incredible that they were able to do that even though like every single aspect of their life was being oppressed and like controlled and limited so
0: wow i can't imagine so that's when apartheid officially ended of course though there are lasting effects so oh i also have an interesting side note when I was in South Africa, one of my uncles, you just refer to him as an uncle, mm-hmm. who was colored, he was telling me, and he was older, right? So I was asking him about apartheid as well. And he told me that when Nelson Mandela got elected, like, a lot of people were encouraging South African army to basically massacre all of the white people. And Nelson Mandela said, if we do that, we're going to take a million steps back yeah. in order to move forward as a country mandela knew that the country had to move forward without bitterness Mm -hmm. because there's still going to be white south africans right like you and there's still white people in the world you have to find a way to work together and that's not going to happen if you seek revenge like that
1: you have to be such a strong incredible person to i don't like how do you not have so much hate and anger towards a whole group of people and like I yeah I can't imagine like yeah you just have to be so strong and that's like an incredible lesson for like all these countries like going through changes like you can't fight discrimination with like other discrimination like it's just gonna
0: be a cycle and like
1: that's just amazing
0: yeah yeah I'd have a really hard time like not resenting yeah anyone you know Um, so really admirable, but unfortunately there are lasting effects of apartheid Mm. that are definitely still seen today, like apartheid was so recent, some of which just like based on my experience from being there last year, um, it's like very dangerous, like there's a lot of crimes because there's a lot of poverty, so especially for the black community and the colored community, it's just not super safe in South Africa. Even just like walking by myself, like I would just call an Uber instead because it's just not worth the risk because robberies and like petty crime and theft happen so often. And there's also like a gender violence issue. I was working at like a place called Passop. It's called People Against Suffering Oppression and Poverty, which we should go to their website and donate because yeah. they're a great organization. I love them. Yeah, Passop is a human rights nonprofit that works to like, help refugees legally entering the country and staying there and getting everything they need done because a lot of refugees and people seeking asylum like it's hard for them to navigate a new country and a lot of them don't speak English that well and so anyways I worked for them but as part of working for them like there was a huge gender violence issue that was and is still happening in South Africa and the president actually was gonna give like a speech to address it while I was there. So my boss was like, you can go if you want. So I got to go into parliament and literally see the president of South Africa and he gave a speech like, addressing it and then I got to see all the political parties present on their thoughts for solutions, their thoughts on the situation, saying like this This is also a result of apartheid because it's like years of abuse to these yeah. like to groups of people, especially men so they feel that they have to like prove their masculinity by mm. asserting strength over women. So it's a lasting like dom- domestic violence, gender discrimination problem that is a result of being the inferior for so long Wow which I was like that's a very interesting perspective yeah that's like such a complex issue another really big thing you can see is that there's a huge difference between where people live if you go to a white person's house it's just like our houses like it looks like America like suburbia and then right across the street it's not even like off like it's across the street you see slums, like very rundown. That's where colored people live. Then I didn't even see where black people live till I went on like a safari and driving to the safari. We had to like go out of Cape Town, and um yeah, they live in tin houses. It's oh my god, like a shed with it made of tin, and then there's like a little satellite. What are they called? Yeah, yeah like, like a, sat- a satellite dish. dish. Satellite. A satellite dish. Yeah, like a satellite dish. Some wires. But, yeah, it's literally a tin shed. And the thing is, too, if you talk to – like, I I talked to my uncle who's colored and my auntie who was um, white, and I I didn't really get to meet any, like, black South Africans – um at least who had experienced apartheid i obviously had like black south africans who were my age Mm. but as far as like adults i didn't get to talk to them but if you talk to a colored or white person sometimes they'll say like oh apartheid wasn't that bad yeah maybe for you it wasn't that bad you're not on the bottom the bottom was probably horrible Yeah,
1: the white South Africans like, no, I I was doing pretty well. I don't know what
0: And then they also have, since I was working for, like, a refugee organization, yeah, there's huge xenophobia issues. Yeah. So lots and lots of being scared of foreigners, not wanting to help people who are seeking asylum. They had a huge refugee crisis right when I was leaving.
1: Just to clarify, like, refugee crisis as in people from neighboring countries who are seeking asylum in South Africa. Yes. Yeah, like, the xenophobia thing, like, of... How do you even solve that? Like, how do you fix that? Like, how do you try to, like, eradicate xenophobia? I don't even know. Like, especially if it's, like, apartheid had lasted for so long. And, like, if you're a white person, you probably never even, like, had a real interaction with, like, a non-white
0: person, you know? I don't know. I just... Yeah. Because how would you? Yeah. They mix. Also, too... I forgot to add, but like you would also get in trouble, like as a white person for advocating mm. for like yeah. anti apartheid things. So yeah, it was, like, like if you're protesting. The law to even, yeah, to be like, you know what, I think like we should give people their rights. Like that's yeah. no, you can't do that. Yeah. That. Also, like, I don't know
1: if you found this in your research, but I'm pretty sure like the government, um, like they censored like all of their media pretty much. So you, they, you, like South Africans couldn't access the news easily like from other countries you know like the government was censoring everything if you want to like gain another interesting perspective on the apartheid in south africa everyone should watch the documentary searching for sugar man it won an academy award it's one of my favorite is that the one
0: we watched together? yeah the one
1: we watched it together <laughs> in china um it's yeah. a documentary about like one of my favorite artists his name is rodriguez and he's from america Um, and he, but he was like not famous in America at all. Like he, he kind of has like Bob Dylan vibes. Um, and like, he like didn't gain any success in America. And then like a couple decades later, he finds out that he had been like insanely famous in South Africa. Like he was on like the same level as like Elvis and like he was, they loved him. Um, and like it. Yeah, it had to do with like apartheid everything. Um so you guys I don't wanna like spoil too much, but everyone should check out the documentary because they talk a lot about the transition, um, after apartheid. So it's a great movie and he Rodriguez is an amazing artist. Yeah, so. Good plug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember
0: that one. Oh yeah, so basically, yeah, just like wrapping up to mm-hmm. Unemployment is still around like twenty five percent in South Africa, so they just have a lot, wow, a lot they have huge. to work with right now. And there's always rolling blackouts, uh, which prevent the com- the country from moving forward economically. So the rolling blackout is huge slabs of the country will lose electricity for like extensive amounts of time. Wow. But yeah, anyways, that is a very, very, very brief history of apartheid. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing.
1: Like, that's, so stuff like this is, like, so important to be educated on and, like, know, like, the effects. And, like, just, I don't know, it, it ended in the 90s, so that's just such a weird... Uh, yeah, that's just such a strange thing uh, to
0: think about. Yeah, I think if you take away anything from this episode, I think it's important to just remember how recent that was. Yeah. These issues are not in the past. Issues of xenophobia, issues of wanting to separate from others, and, like, form an enemy is an ongoing issue. And the reason ap- apartheid ended, it was not like the government had a change of heart. It's because external pressures were placed. Yeah. So always stand up for what you believe in, and don't put up with injustice if it's wrong, so. Yeah, wow. Well, thanks so much for
1: sharing, Jack. Wow, thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) All right,
0: bye! Bye. This has been an episode of How Did We Not Know That? If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on all social media, including YouTube, at How Did We Not Know That? If you thought our podcast was low quality, we know. We thought so, too. Help us improve the podcast by contributing to our Patreon. Thank you for listening, and see you guys next week.